In short, I will not miss Paul Pogba. I'm sure Paul Pogba won't miss United either. Finland are still the second seed. I think we're, we're a better team than Finland. I wouldn't fear them at all coming here. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Ronan O'Gara, a very good morning. How are you keeping? Um, Johnny, good morning. You've had your coffee this morning, anyway. You're full of beans. <laughs> me or me or sorry, I miss that. <laughs> me, Ron, is it? Both of you. You're in good form for it's an hour behind where you are. So it's only about ten to eight, is it? So you're. Yeah, well, I actually thought you were in studio this morning for a while, so I was, I was, I, I got up extra early and everything. But then yeah, I was told I, I, you did a few extra press ups and yeah. a few uh, sit ups and. Uh, Burpees, I like it. Good man, Johnny. Burpees, like yeah, it. God. You, ju- you just missed his uh, rendition of the New Zealand National Anthem, so the blood is mm. pumping here in studio for a massive uh, three-test uh, series. Can, can I ask you, first of all, Ronald, about uh, the All Blacks and just about maybe the culture that you would have absorbed in your time, uh, during your time in New Zealand? Like, it, it does strike me that after the winter that they've had, it would be a very All Blacks thing for them to completely come out of the, the traps racing this summer and just not not to lay down a marker as such but to have taken everything that they've learned from those Ireland and France games in particular last November and we see all the lessons corrected over the course of this three test series yeah there's a fair amount to get through there and what you've addressed I think uh, what jumps out at me straight away is I was kind of trying to analyse the game and um you look at obviously the models are quite similar but uh, what is probably and I probably know New Zealand players better than the Irish players because I've kind of coached them more recently for a period of time but um, I think what's gone completely under the radar over here is that um, Scott Robertson has led led the Crusaders to a six-peat so there's very few sporting organisations in any sport that have achieved that in the modern professional era, okay? But yet you look at the 23 playing tomorrow for New Zealand and uh, I think there's only, um, is it six starters, which means there's nine non-Crusaders players and I think there's only two more on the bench. But if you look at it in terms, I suppose, the dominant force in Irish rugby has been Leinster and... Uh, they're obviously loaded in the Irish team. So it, 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 for me, um, from what I do know from spending time down there and looking from afar, I think the New Zealand team is far from established. It's far from proven. I think they're 15 months out from a World Cup yet. Um, in a lot of the selection, there'll be a lot of uncertainty because I think... Uh, <clears throat> What is ob- obvious and evident for me is that I probably, my first season there, my second last season there would have been um, a brilliant tie-over when a lot of the legends of the game, I think, finished up. You look at Owen Franks, Kieran Reid, uh, obviously Richie McCall was in their own environment, Matt Todd, Ryan Crotty, uh, Tim Bateman, who's probably not well known, but he had a uh, an incredible rugby brain on him. Uh, Israel Dagg, um, so, you know, Dan was in and around the environment. A lot of, I suppose, um, really experienced, established leaders, not alone in the Crusaders setup, but in the All Black setup that had, that were, I suppose, stepping away from the top table. Now, it seems to me that they're, uh, I suppose, trying to establish a new team epitomised by 
Um, you know what I mean? Who's their number 10? Uh, Richie Mwanga uh, plays magic rugby for the Crusaders, yet I don't think we see the real Richie in the black jersey that we see for the Crusaders. So they're going with Bowden Barrett, but his brother, Jordy, can goal kick, which helps them because, you know, I mean, there are very few rugby players like Bowden Barrett in the world, but exactly his heel would be goal kicking. Um, but that's, I suppose, softened by the fact that his brother can step up and uh, bang him over from 60 yards. This has been a conversation that's been happening for a, a while, so that they've been trying to, to figure out how to fill that certain void of leadership certainly when you compare it to the, the great teams of the early part of the last decade and I guess they're still trying to figure that out even if you go back to, to the last World Cup maybe that conversation around tennis certainly something that you would have been having around 2019 so is that a little bit of a, an issue for them at the moment that these repetitive questions still haven't been answered? It has to be because only if you even step back another World Cup cycle before that and even before that like the midfield was Carter Nanu Smith for 10 years you know, so mm. an awful lot of. I think if you were to whatever go into uh, a pub outside um, anywhere on the in Grafton Street and take a poll about name the New Zealand team to play Ireland, it would be fascinating. I'd say the variety of different teams you'd have. There's some players that we're not even that familiar with. There are other guys. You mean that are playing for New Zealand tomorrow that have done very little in the in Super Rugby? Yes. Uh, they're looking to, I suppose, uh, prove themselves at, um, at at test level. You, you mean uh, the Crusaders have been dominant in Super Rugby? Super Rugby is very, very different to Test Rugby because Super Rugby, as we know, there's a lot of space in Test Rugby tomorrow. You won't see space really in the pitch. Uh, so, I think, for example, the back line. Um, you look at it; it's they would have trained very, uh, very few times together, let alone played together. So. In terms of, I suppose, you're looking at, I suppose, the potential of the New Zealand team versus the solidity or the proven uh, combinations that Ireland have. Is that something then that you kind of have to make a decision on this year? That whoever, that Ian Foster, when when he looks at that backline, has to say or have a very good idea of what his backline is going to be heading to France next year? Because as you say, it's that cohesion, it's that understanding that is as important as the, the individual qualities. I think it is, yeah, but it's it's difficult when you have so many, I suppose, good players, but uh, who can become great? If you become great, I think you get a hold of the black jersey. That's probably been the, the mantra for them uh, for so many number of years. Uh, but you look at the probably who isn't playing tomorrow as well. You know, the back line that could play a New Zealand A versus New Zealand B would be uh, very, very interesting because you can go... You know, TJ Perinara, Moanga, Havili, Good Who, George Bridge. Um, um, <clears throat> you can play uh, Will Jordan at 15 and um, any number of wingers on, on the right wing, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Quintipau at 12 is very much, uh, I suppose, in unproven territory. Ricky Aoni is a phenomenal athlete, uh, but the nuances of playing 13 are... are are very um, uh, difficult to probably um, comprehend, especially I think uh, Ireland will find joy in the fact that the, a number of the New Zealanders would be would be man watchers as opposed to ball watchers. So, if for people interested maybe in the technical side of the game, you 
you watch, I think, a lot of European players will defend the ball. A lot of Southern Hemisphere teams defend the man. So what that essentially means is that I have this guy in front of me, irrespective of whether he has the ball or not. But if he doesn't have the ball, sometimes it becomes uh, a wasted resource and the fact that um, I'm staying on him, irrelevant whether he gets the ball or not. But I think the game defensively has moved to where uh, if you have, I suppose, a cohesive unit watching the ball together you need the ball to score so I find that a more beneficial way of defending but I think New Zealand are in transition uh, from I think coaching uh, training sorry coaching watching the man to watching the ball so it'll be interesting for me I suppose just as an outsider watching what way they're going about that because uh, Ireland are smart under Johnny Sexton, Ireland are smart under everything they learned from Joe Schmidt and now I think with a new probably uh, layer to their attacking game it could pose a few more problems for New Zealand that it would have in previous I suppose journeys to the to the, to the South Island. So, so you think that you expect New Zealand to transition towards more European style of defence? Um. I don't know. That's the only thing that came into my head. I'd be fascinated to see that. You could see in certain tests that their line speed was huge. Uh, it wouldn't have been their norm before. They would have kind of pushed up and used the touchline as a defence. But now you find in test rugby, it's very hard to get the ball off teams because uh, so many of the international teams are so accurate around the ruck. So uh, holding on to the ball is is easy once you had it. I think when you're defending nowadays in rugby, you kind of have to make a dent in the first two phases, otherwise you're going to be defending for a long time. Hence, flip that on its head. If you if you defend well the first two collisions, usually the team with the ball, if it becomes slow, have to kick it on. And that's why you see so much kicking in Test Rugby. I'm not sure how much of the, the Mary game you saw the other day, Ronan. Is it something that, that worries you at all? No, I saw the game, but I think it was missed opportunity for a certain amount of players. Uh, obviously, they were probably... Uh, in a zone where they had everything to gain, but uh, they looked like um, that they kind of struggled with, I suppose, the pace that New Zealand put on the ball from turnover. Um, I thought their carry game was uh, from New Zealand was impressive and their change of speed was very impressive. Um, Ireland missed, a, I think, a few uh, tackles they'd be disappointed with and... Um, I mean, that's the beauty of, of um, watching a, a New Zealand team, whether it's June in the Northern Hemisphere or June in the Southern Hemisphere, their skill levels don't change. Their capacity to handle the ball under pressure in poor weather conditions, I think, sets them apart from a lot of other nations. Just in, in general, on this like this time of year, how hard is it for the Irish players to maintain that levels of intensity and physicality after a long season? I don't believe it's a long season though. I think everything is very mapped and very well organised. These are test players where every minute now with GPS and with data is very, very carefully planned. So uh, you you go back a month ago and it was all the talk going to New Zealand and the chance to create history. There's been a poor performance against the Maori, against boys that have nothing probably to do with the test team. So I wouldn't read anything into that. Um, These guys are obviously managed under the central model where the IRFU are in control of of what they do. So everything um, 
in their player load and in their management, Johnny, would be uh, started from probably six nations. How do we win that? Then how do we win a test in New Zealand? And then European Cup, URC. Uh, and that's unless it has changed since uh, my day, but it was very well organised when I was there and now you're, you're 10 years on and everything has advanced. So I think um, it would be uh, very, I'd say, disappointing for Andy Farrell if, if he found some of his players talking about being tired because, uh, you know, they, they, there aren't any players near 30 games, I would think. Yeah, what's interesting when we look back on the, the game against the Maoris is the, the ability maybe of, of Kieran Frawley to just get a bit more game time under his belt over the next few months. Obviously, he's played a lot of his rugby at 12 over the last season, Ronan. Did you see that in his performance at 10 the last day, that he just needs more reps at 10? Yeah, he just needs more games. He needs more minutes. He needs to make mistakes in that position. He needs to be put into pressure situations more often I, I, I was fascinated I, I didn't realise how young he was you know he looks very calm very composed and seems to have time in the ball which a lot of great players exhibit from the moment they take the pitch he doesn't seem flustered um, I think there was probably some areas of the game where I think he had preconceived ideas and he decided to go through with it in terms of maybe kicking uh, uh, cross kicks but I think that will come too, you know. I think, uh, like, he'd be incomparable if he was to play another game and another game and another game in number 10. I think once you get a body of work of four or five games built up, then then we'll have a, a much better idea um, if Kieran Frawley is, um, you know what I mean, suitable, which I think he is, to make a, a big dent at test level. What... What's not, I suppose, very interesting is the fact that he goes back to the RDS and he plays four games against um, a different opposition. At where 12. The outcome, no, or even at 10, where the outcome is 50 points to 12 or 46 points to 13. But the reality is that he won't get those games at 10, even at the RDS, like if we're going on last season's form or last season's decision-making at Leinster. Yeah, but that's, that's what this tour is about, Owen. I think this is where you put your hand up and this is where you need to kick the door down and this is where you say, OK, well, I think I have a decision to make here. Am I looking to to be a, a top-class 12? If I'm looking to be a top-class 12, then I'm going to uh, challenge Robbie Henshaw and Bundiaki for that position. If I want to be a top-class 10, I need to play 10. It's not going to be possible to be to not play from my club position and get selected at a higher level to 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 uh, to get my uh, position as a number 10. He needs game time. So that's the big decision, I think, for him in the off-season, irrespective of how the end of this, end of this trip goes from where, where am I going to get 25 games a season playing number 10. And is it his decision, though? Like, like, is it not up to the coaches at Leinster and is it not up to Andy Farrell? Because it seems that one has made the decision to, to play him at 10 and one's made a decision to play him at 12. No, there. Of course, it's that's that's if he's in contract on, and that's mm. if he's if he's. Um, you know I mean, only he can make that decision. But there comes a time, as you know, with all sports people, the only people who can decide are the individual. So once the individual uh, signs and is committed to the to the project, then 
obviously if you're the coach you have to do what's best for the team as well you have to do what's best for him so it means he'd be playing a bit of 10 and 12 but mm. I think for him himself he has probably uh, a few um, tough questions to ask himself as in a, a good way yeah of course in an opportunistic way sorry is the question basically do I want to play at 10 and if the answer is yes do I have to leave Leinster to get that um, I, I think the question is yeah do I want to be a test 10 if I want to be a test 10 and I haven't been played in that position for the last two years then I need game time week in week out um, but uh, you know he can force the hand of, of of a lot of people in no matter what club he's in I think because he's such a good player that um you know what I mean? He, at the minute, he's behind the two Burns and he's behind Johnny. But mm. um, you know I mean we're, we're speculating on what hasn't happened with four massive games ahead of him? Sure. No, it's a, it's it's just a really interesting question, given that uh, it feels a little bit frustrating the conversation around uh, sex and succession. Just uh, even just with some of the, the bad luck that the likes of Carberry and Harry Byrne in particular have had with injuries over the last little while, and. It's not just because Sexton is one of the most famous or most well-known characters in Irish sport. It's because it genuinely is a fascinating debate at the moment as to what situation Ireland will be in at out half come next year's World Cup. Yeah, it is. You're dead right. It's 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 uh, very obvious for everyone that um, you know I mean the, the time now is is. Uh, Who's going to be able to to wear that number ten jersey if if Johnny picks up an injury, if Johnny loses form, if or if um, someone comes out of the pecking order and pushes hard for that starting spot? How do Ireland win this game tomorrow? Um, by taking away New Zealand's time and space. I think that's the absolute key um, for me. I think. Uh, what you cannot do to uh, a lot of New Zealanders with their space and with their times, you can't give them that extra second to make decisions. So in terms of, I suppose, attacking without the ball, you have to press hard and leave the space on the outside. Yeah, their skill level may be good enough to get the ball there, but I think that will only come about off a short attacking kicking game if the line is, is, is fast and connected. Uh, and with the ball, I think um, I think uh, Ireland will find opportunities with the ball. I genuinely believe that. I think if they can kind of stretch them beyond the 15 metres on both sides, uh, I think they'll find um, a bit of joy in one or two defenders, uh, hopefully getting uh, attracted to men as opposed to towards the ball. Got to put one comment to you here. Listener Bart Connolly has been in touch to say, would La Rochelle take Frawley? <laughs> La Rochelle take yeah he's a great player yeah of course they will but our um, recruitment is done okay okay right okay, I see give us a prediction for the series then what's it going to be scoreline um, I can't even give you a prediction for tomorrow's game mm. I'm be fascinated to see the first 10 minutes I just want to really enjoy I suppose it's great actually not being involved in a big game being able to watch it on a Saturday morning. Um, I, I'd be fascinated to see how, how it starts, but I, I, I genuinely believe that there's a big opportunity for Ireland. I think 
uh, when you strip back, I suppose, what's behind, you know, I mean, in my day, so many of us, whatever way we were brought up, made the big error of playing the jersey as opposed to playing the person that's in the jersey. And I think uh, Ireland will be smart to realise uh, once you get the kind of, I suppose, detailed information on, on, on the players they're facing, yeah, they're good players, but like anyone else, uh, there's a there, there's a result to be had if if Ireland are top of their game. Ronald O'Gara, great stuff as ever. Thanks, Millie, for being with us. Cheers, lads. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.